Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers, and it's Advent. We're coming to the close of Advent. Advent officially ends at the birth of Christ. For those of you who belong to liturgical churches, you know that it goes on through January 6th, and the 12 days of Christmas follow the birth, and Epiphany closes down the season. But in the meantime, we're preparing for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and the birth of the baby and the pageants and programs, since so many of them are not happening this year. And we're online. My husband and I have been doing an online devotion for Advent this year. But I must tell you that I'm a woman who loves to have more than one thing going on in my book selections. So this season, I have been in and out of three or four Advent readings. And I was surprised to find this uh, season something that struck me about how often we look to the past of celebrations of Advent. So let me remind you that as I have been offering these podcasts this season, we have also offered the daily podcast on Advent with projects for your children. We hope that you have chosen some of those projects. We hope they are good ideas that have allowed you and your family to do some things together without you having to create a whole new curriculum for Advent when you're already homeschooling and teaching and managing the school at home and your work and all the things that we are enduring during this pandemic time. So this is from, I'm going to give you three sources, just two sources, I think, today. Uh, One is called Lighten the Darkness, and it's Advent Reflections by Timothy Smith, who happens to be a friend, and um, he has, for I don't know how many years now, written a very um, two-page brief Advent calendar for anyone who wants one. And I was thinking that next year we might try to find out how many he actually publishes, and we might offer them free to you um, through this podcast. But for this year, I just want to encourage you with one of them that will lead me to a quote and lead me to Dietrich Bonhoeffer. So for December 8th, he calls us to light the candle and read Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. It is you who light my lamp. The Lord, my God, lights up my darkness. And Tim has been talking about light and dark Lynn's been talking about light and dark the entire time, and we'll continue to finish out our Advent time. Now, my husband and I moved this year. For those of you who've been hanging around, you know that. And we moved into a house that has an absolute incredible view of a very famous mountain here in the city of Phoenix, the Camelback Mountain. And the Camelback Mountain, which we have a view of, and the praying monk, which is his name, this formation of the rock. Um, you can only see the praying monk from certain views of the mountain, and we happen to have a great view of the praying monk. Now, 
I've always struggled with December 21st and the equinox, all these words that help us understand the shortest day and the longest day, and where the sun is and how it's moving and how slow it moves and where it lands. But this season, I have seen it with my very eyes. Because here's this very large mountain. It's facing on the east side. And the sun, when we moved into the house, was coming up from our view on the left side, on the left side of the mountain, on the other side of the monk. And then as the months progressed and the days increased and winter was coming upon us, the sun kept moving and moving and moving, and then it was moving between the monk and the mountain, and then it was at the top of the mountain. And one morning in the last week or so, I opened up the blind in the kitchen. It was pitch black early, and there was a ball of fire. And I said to myself, that can't be the sun, because it was on the other side of the mountain. Like, it, it, the sun can't come. And then all of a sudden I thought, that's it. That's the clear picture of what I've never really understood, of how the earth moves and rotates in my husband. Uh, I said, oh, honey, come and see, come and see. And he just smiles at me, this intellectual man who's had all that figured out for decades. And I said, there's this visual of how the sun moves with the movement of the earth. There it was, light, black morning with this ball of fire, the sun just perking its head out of the dark on the other side of the mountain. So Tim talks about that. During these days of Advent, we experience the earth slowly tilting away from the sun so that the nights are longer and the days are colder. Is that true? Even in Arizona, that's true. Colder for us isn't very cold, but colder. It was 55 degrees a couple of days ago, which is a long way from 118 like it was this past summer. This is when we like to light candles and throw a log on the fire. The lack of sunlight this time of year can be especially difficult for anyone who experiences sad or seasonal affective disorder. Sometimes it's just called the winter blues. The most effective treatment for folks like that is light light. But most of us know a darkness coming from more than a tilting away from the sun. Who does not know the darkness of loneliness, shattered dreams, broken relationships, and fear of the future? Again, the most effective treatment for these types of darkness is light. In today's scripture, the psalmist relates his experience of God's light in the darkness. The psalmist superscription or introduction, David says he wrote these lines at a time the Lord delivered him from his enemies. Over the years, David had learned when in trouble, cry out to the Lord. David's song arises from trusting the Lord and seeing the Lord deliver. David rejoices in God as rock, fortress, deliverer, refuge, shield, and horn of salvation. Whether facing down a Goliath or being hunted down by King Saul, David's light and salvation are found in the Lord. For a Hebrew like David, light represents life to the fulfillment. David can say to his God, it is you who will light my lamp. My God lights up my darkness. 
David was a man who had sinned greatly and had been greatly forgiven. And the gracious God had promised to give David a lamb. Our godchild, when he was in grade school, came home one day. I picked him up from school and he said, Auntie Donna, Auntie Donna, I've learned something and I can quote this psalm. And it was a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I smiled and I thought that was wonderful. He was memorizing that in his school and catechism. And he said, but do you know what it means? And I, I didn't want to burst his bubble. And I said, well, not exactly, Willard. And he said, well, in Bible days, they wore a lamp. And he described this teacher had brought this little artifact, which was a lamp that had a strap and it was tied to your ankle. And he said, it was a lamp unto the path because every step you took, it lit the path. I thought, that's lovely. A lamp unto my feet, that was the one step at a time, and a light unto my path, and the light in the path was the light in the distance to where they were actually going. He was so proud of himself. And I said to him, and I thought of it here, he's now 35 years old. I thought, that is, if you can remember that for all of your days, that God provides a lamp, which is one step at a time. What do I do next, Lord? I don't have to see the whole thing because I know you are the light out there in the distance and you will guide me. And he does. And Tim's been talking about the light and the day, the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. He describes this quote from modern martyr Dietrich Bonhoeffer awaiting execution in the Nazi Kegel prison. He wrote of God's light in his darkness. And I think about these men and women who have suffered in prison. And of course, those of you who know Dietrich Bonhoeffer's story, he was killed 15 days before the war was ended. And his killer, which was um, Adolf Hitler, who assigned uh, his murder to happen and then took his own life within 14 days of Dietrich's life being taken. And he writes these words, In me there is darkness, but with you there is light. I am lonely, but you do not leave me. I am feeble in heart, but with you there is help. I am restless, but with you there is peace. Well, as I told you, I've been reading a number of devotionals this Advent season, and I'm, I'm rather a sucker for Advent devotionals. And a number of people that, who know that about me gave me some lovely gifts this year, and one of them was Dietrich Bonhoeffer's God is in the Manger and their reflections of Advent and Christmas, and I've enjoyed it so much. But I thought there were a few things I might say about Bonhoeffer, which we often hear things quoted about him. He lived, he was a ve had a very short life. He was born in 1906 and he died in 1945. A very short life. But he believed that Christ expressed strength best through weakness, that faith was more important than the beguiling trappings of religion, and that God is often heard most clearly by those in poverty or in distress. 
And the words poverty and distress just struck a chord with me because I was thinking about what poverty there has been during the pandemic, what we have seen of loss, loss of jobs and loss of homes and apartments and housing and material goods that we once were able to afford. And the pandemic has closed down agencies and ministries and work and restaurants and all sorts of entities. There have also been wonderful uprisings. Uh, the men and women who make masks are having a good year. The, the, those who do acrylic um, glass protectors, acrylic protectors for various entities are having a wonderful year. My husband and I were making a list of all the people. Signage has had a wonderful year. There are a lot of important things that have benefited from it. But this notion that when we find ourselves that God is most often heard clearly by those in poverty and distress. And I, I wondered about that. Why is that? Well, in poverty and distress, I'm sort of the old phrase, I'm all ears. Are you all ears? And I think as we look to talking about the Sermon on the Mount after the first of the year, I want to say that the Sermon on the Mount asks us to be all ears, to be all in. And so Bonhoeffer, in his devotion, he he arranges the Advent weeks as we know them to be. First is waiting, then is mystery, then is redemption, and then is incarnation. And I just want to read you a couple of sentences as I close this day. For Bonhoeffer, waiting was one of the central themes of the Advent experience. It was also a fact of life during the war. Waiting to be released from prison. Waiting to be able to spend more time than an hour a month in the company of his young fiance. Waiting for the end of the war in his absence. Friends and former students were killed in battle and his parents' home was bombed. There was little he could do about any of this except pray and wield a powerful pen. There was a helplessness in his situation that he recognized as a parallel to Advent. Christians' time of waiting for redemption in Christ. Life in a prison cell may well be compared to Advent, Bonhoeffer wrote to his best friend. One waits, hopes, and does this or that or the other things that are really of no consequence because the door is shut and can only be opened from the outside. Are you waiting? Are you waiting for someone? Are you waiting for a child to return from his or her follies? Are you waiting for a husband to respond by caring for you as God calls him to? Are you waiting for a check to come that you might pay the utilities and rent? Oh, we wait. Our life is one series of waitings. And I'm asking you to consider this waiting this season with the hope of God to encourage you because he will come again. This same God who lit the light in Dietrich Bonhoeffer's cell and life is the same God 
that you know and I know and we love. And we're encouraging those of you who may be listening to Modern Homemakers regularly or intermittently, if this is not the God who you are in close relationship with, Advent is a great time to invite him to be in charge of your world. I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of looking for the light.